You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. Let's get things started. Uh, We've been talking a little bit about asteroids and the possibility of us getting taken out like the dinosaurs did Mm. all those years ago, the Yucatan Peninsula copped a an asteroid all those years ago the dinosaurs were the main casualty lots of other species also would have been wiped out and there have been there've been um, more than one mass extinction i was sort of interested to in my reading for this story there's been several mass extinctions and not all of them have been caused by asteroid strikes mm-hmm. so there's other things which we're not aware of it might be um, volcanic activity it yep. might be so, so some kind of climate change yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. it might be a, a period of, of uh, intense cold mm-hmm. we know the, the the planet's gone through ice ages in the past maybe a solar wind or something is stripped away the, yeah, yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of things that we just don't know but but we do know that we can look at our own moon because it doesn't have an atmosphere we can see that it's heavily pockmarked with craters mm-hmm. on both sides the, the far side which we don't see and the, the side that's permanently looking down at the at the surface of the earth we can see that there's a lot of crater action that's happened over the eons over the four and a half billion odd years that, that the earth has been around i came across some research which is suggesting that the in that that the moon, the evidence from the cratering on the moon is that actually in the last 300 million years, so recently in the history of the mm. planet, you know, the, the 300 million years is, is very recent, uh, that, that, uh, that, that it seems to be an uptick or an increase in the frequency of meteor strikes on the surface of the moon. Now, the way that they've worked this out, they've used LRO data, so Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter is a, a NASA probe that's uh, in, a, in an orbit around the moon mm-hmm. and taking very high-res imagery. It's got spectrometers and stuff on it as well. It's looking at craters, and researchers have been looking at these craters, and, and they think, this is according to scientists, planetary scientists at the Southwest Research Institute in the United States, they're thinking that that the boulders that get thrown up by a crater hitting the moon can be observed by the LRO, mm-hmm. and they can see that those boulders over time get broken down into, they become part of the lunar regolith, which is just the dust, the mm-hmm. stuff that's stuck to the astronauts' spacesuits and their boots, that mm-hmm. fine dust, like almost like a powder. So I imagine it's a bit like a, a really violent explosion that occurs when it's mm. hit by the meteorite, mm. and then the, you know these materials flung up into yes, and yeah, boulders, not of... even the atmosphere, but it just then and falls back down to the moon. Yep. And so then these these big rocks or boulders. Yep. You know what we're we talking car size or even bigger. Yep. But just a bunch of boulders can, can be clearly seen from orbit. Mm-hmm. Over time, they can see that those break down. They get eroded, and the, the thing that erodes them because there's no atmosphere, it's actually micrometeorites. So the yeah. environment of the moon is it's little particles are striking almost like mm-hmm. rain very fine rain and over time that breaks down these boulders now then they can say okay well given the, the amount of craters we can see some overlap others so mm-hmm. the ones that overlap that the, the um, you know are, are the most recent mm-hmm. uh, and they can see the ones that have got perhaps the brightest ejector field um, are more recent as well mm-hmm. and they can see that they've got they've got bigger boulders that are intact that haven't eroded down over time therefore they infer that they're the more recent ones mm-hmm. and what they're saying doing crater counts and and examining LRO data in detail, they're saying that basically the amount of boulders around craters suggests that the incidence of asteroids striking the moon has actually increased by up to to three times what it was 
on average up until 300 million years ago. Right. So we're going through yeah. apparently a period of, of higher increased bombardment. And this is obviously of interest because we don't want to be like the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. America takes and other space programs around uh, and governments around the world do take this, this threat seriously. And there are organizations that are devoted to this. Uh, in America, there's a thing called the Center for Near Earth Object Studies. One of its its key things that it's, it's looking at is trying to detect objects that might strike the Earth. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the moon, but strike the Earth and the moon's near the Earth, so things that are striking the moon, we're you know we're subject to the same environment. Yeah. If the moon's seeing an increase over the last 300 million years of two or three times average cratering, then the chances are we on Earth are as well. But there are some objections to this theory, and one of the the key objections is that boulders sitting in an old crater do not necessarily wear down at a constant rate. More likely, the rate at which rocks erodes varies over time, and obviously such fluctuations throw out estimates of the uh, the age of craters. So would that be a little bit like if you've got a really dense, hard rock here on Earth, and um, you know you can hit it with a hammer as much as you like, it's not going to really break down too much. But if you've got quite a, a, a uh, like a less dense rock, even mm. almost like hard sand in a way. Mm. You just sort of tap it and it just falls apart. Is that kind of what they're so saying? It might be to do with the composition. I think it's not so much that. It's more that just you can't say that things will erode consistently all the time. Mm. You know, there might be periods of higher... Uh, incidences of micrometeorites striking the surface, which mm-hmm. cause more erosion for a you know thousand-year period. period. Yep. We might go through the tail of a of a comet, and that in- increases the amount of micrometeorite strikes, and therefore the erosion rate varies. Mm-hmm. So it's not related to the content of these boulders. I think it's quite consistent mm-hmm. because the it, there's Materials ba- basalt the lava flows yep. is basically what they know the crust of the of the moon is made up of. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a good point you raise. It may be to do with the actual composition of the material that's that's eroding, mm-hmm. but it also seems to be the suggestion is that the actual physical rate of erosion even if everything uh, is made of the same material is going to it's going to fluctuate it's yep. not something that happens that consistently mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. so anyway it's something to keep in mind i mean they, they reckon that the asteroid belt is a large body of broken up rock material between the orbits of mars and jupiter mm-hmm. and some of the sources of, of meteorites that can strike the moon or earth come from the asteroid mm-hmm. belt. Mm-hmm. They might be disrupted by the magnetic field of Mars or Jupiter. And apparently even the heat from the sun can actually affect and the solar wind itself can actually dislodge objects out of the asteroid belt. And, and, and some in. of them can wind up coming into the inner solar system yeah, right. where usually they just get drawn into the sun. Mm-hmm. And and so if you go to, uh, there's a there's a great um, web, NASA website, I think it's SOHO, which is the name of the mission. And there's other ones as well. There's, there's a telescope dedicated to monitoring the sun. So you can just do a Google search or have a look at NASA. You'll see photos, live photos of the sun. Mm. And you can often see com- comets striking the sun, getting in too close and getting caught by the, uh, the, the gravitational gravitation. force yep. and dragged in and burnt up and that's what so that's where most objects that would threaten the earth mm. wind up burning up in there and we have pretty, we have regular kind of uh, meteor showers at times of the year so does that does that mean that as the earth is traveling around the sun in its orbit it's then approaching the territory of where these uh, you know meteorites are and like the Geminids meteor shower i think is quite uh, regular for, for down here in the, the southern hemisphere mm. so if you know every december january i think it is is where um, we sort of we approach that territory 
territory where they are. Is that? That's it's exactly that's right. It's to do with where we are in our orbit around the sun. There are certain areas where it might be the tail of a comet. Mm-hmm. It might be some debris left over from an ancient collision. Mm. But there are areas that are known to have these. And we're not talking about large rocks. We're talking about like clouds mm. of small material. So the Earth goes through these, and we see the little um, particles or the small chunks burning up in the atmosphere, yeah. and that's what we experience. As Which a the moon shower, and the moon doesn't have that opportunity. There is no atmosphere there, so those small chunks are not going to burn up. They're raining down, they're and they're gonna, eroding yeah. the boulders, mm. which are thrown up by the bigger impacts. And that's what's that the suggestion is that that's evidence that we are seeing an increase in the amount of uh, larger objects striking the moon, and therefore the potential for larger objects to strike the Earth. But as I said, look, the, the, the science is uh, is debatable, but it is an interesting observation. And, and this is all they can do. I mean, if, if you challenge this idea of, of, you know, the consistent erosion of material breaking down through micrometeorites, well, you also then, you're challenging the way that they use craters to assess the history of the solar system. Mm-hmm. So there's other objects, a lot of other objects in the solar system, the moons of Jupiter and Saturn have got pockmarked moons mm-hmm. as well. If you see a surface of an object which has no craters and then another moon nearby that has lots of craters, you infer that the first object has been resurfaced somehow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it might be yeah. volcanism, mm-hmm. it might be uh, cryovolcanism, so ice volcanoes, mm-hmm. some other mechanism. So craters tell a story and planetary scientists try to read that story mm-hmm. and then infer other things about the evolution of the solar system interesting stuff there we'll post some links on our website along with this but it was actually a story that originally appeared in quantamagazine.org thanks for listening we'd love you to review us on itunes it's a great way to let others know if you liked our podcast and don't forget to follow us on social media beyond infinity rppfm on facebook or infinity rpp on twitter